This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 86 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Traders, if you are outside of the United States and you don't have Blueberry Markets as your primary or at the very least your secondary broker, I'm not sure what you're doing. I mean, where else are you going to get the combination of being able to trade Forex, metals, stocks, indices, crypto, all on MT4 or MT5? The best customer service in all the world, trade forgiveness, which means you get to wipe one losing trade off of the board, and your own personal concierge should anything go wrong. You will get all of these things if you go down to the description, click the link to the blog on Blueberry Markets, and use my affiliate link in that blog. It's all yours. Get to it. And if you're inside of the United States, you know I have a great link for you as well, also in the description. It is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast, and as contrarian investors, it's uh, it's unfortunate because you don't always want to do this, but we really do have to stay on top of news events that do affect our investments, and especially if we are in buy mode or take profit mode. And right now, in most markets, you know we are in buy mode, which is nice. Uh, but with world events and with the Fed and everything like that, you know it can be very confusing. Uh, let me just say a couple things to that point. One, it's not supposed to be easy. But two, even if you buy at a price that's not at a low or near a low or near a dip on an uptrend, I think, not financial advice, that you're going to be historically correct anyway. So there's no need to try and put too fine of a point on things. You know, this is the luxury we have as longer-term investors. You know, for me, I just decide to buy when it makes sense. I put my trailing buy on, and when it gets triggered, I buy some, and I leave myself room to DCA on the way down. You know, it's just the method that makes the most sense to me. Um, But there has to be a time to buy first. And if that's not going to be the case for you now, well, then let me offer you a couple of very major fundamental occurrences that are happening in the world. So as I often do, I root back to that six crises blog I wrote about. And one of them, I think the very last one, was an escalation in the war. And if you read yesterday's blog, which I implore you to do so, uh, we might be getting there. And uh, this, this isn't something that is like catching people off guard. This is just a natural progression of things you know, as these wars take place. We've seen kind of the playbook for how Russia operates. You know, we are simply entering that next stage, and that next stage is pretty involved. And it's often worse than the stage before it. And as investors, this can actually be very positive for a lot of the things we invest in. So please go read that blog if you have not done so. But one of the things that came after the six crises that I almost kind of added in is what happens with China. And what I was really referring to was to the negative side. But first, we have what looks to be some very positive news, and that is the China restarts. Uh, So if you didn't know, China locked everything down uh, due to COVID and the different strains they have over there. Their vaccines don't really do the job. They never did. And if you understand things about China demographically, they can't just go losing people. You know, the numbers came out that their population is finally going down. 
Now, to most of us, that was not a big surprise, but it was a big surprise to a lot of people who don't pay attention to things like this. But that's what's going on. And if they have to shut down their entire economy and just shut down everything to make sure they don't lose any more people, well, that's what they're going to do. Uh, but at some point, they had to cave into the pressure of reopening an economy that was almost killed for the sake of only saving X amount of people. So they had to do the math there. And they said, okay, well, now it's time to reopen. So they just reopened everything, and now everybody's getting COVID. And it turned, turns out it was a pretty failed experiment, if you ask me. Uh, but it's interesting because they went from almost nothing to now, okay, everything is completely back online. Now, everything doesn't just come back online overnight, but it's still a pretty significant move. And there's always this fog of secrecy around what goes on in China because they don't let any of their news out. So people have really been scrambling to find uh, metrics like, um, like air travel or subway traffic, things that you can actually measure. And as we suspected, all of those numbers are in fact up. And again, we're not talking, you know, Yemen over here. This is the second largest economy in the entire world going from almost nothing to attempting to go completely back online. And if they do, this will be tremendous for the usage of things like oil, natural gas, uranium, iron ore, steel, copper, silver. And much of this is things that we pay a lot of attention to. So don't just simply sleep on the significance of what's going on right now. You know, especially with energy. All of the things that China makes, and they're very export heavy, they make a lot of stuff over there. You know, it takes energy. And getting people to work takes energy. And then when they go to a restaurant after work, that takes energy. You know, it's all of these things that weren't happening before are all happening now. Uh, but oddly enough, and here's the thing that really gets me, is the market was really trying to front run this, but I didn't see him do it too much on the energy side. I mean, just go look at a three or six month oil chart. Like you saw a bit of a bump, uh, but not like a really, really significant one. And that surprised me because, again, there's going to be a lot of energy needed to be used in China during this time. But where we really saw a lot of front running going on was on the metals side. Now, not precious metals, uh, but if you go look at a chart of a lot of your base metals, if you go look at a chart of any copper stock, you saw a significant move higher. Now, recently, probably this past week only, we've seen a pullback, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we do love pullbacks. Uh, but those moves were there. Like I said, look at all your copper stocks. Look at the big miners. And we've done an episode on this. Look at your BHPs and Rio Tintos and things like that. They saw a significant move up. All in the anticipation that China is coming back online. You know, that was the reason for the move. Now, so far, I've only presented a bull case for everything that goes into the inputs for a China reopening. Um, but overall, I'm pretty skeptical, all right? I do think we're going to see a move up, um, but I don't think it's going to be sustained. Now, this is, like I said, this is just completely coming out of my own head. You know, take this for whatever it is. Uh, this is one hell of a thing to predict, and I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, but for starters... Um, one thing China has done very well 
is hoard a lot of the things they need, in particular on the metals side. They've been very smart about this. They've bought when prices are low, and then they just sit on it, and it's there if they need it. So let's say I'm China, and I have a huge stack of everything I need to reopen, and I just use what I already have. You know, what does that really do to price? You know, because I'm not buying and nobody's selling. Uh, and at least at first, I think that's how it's going to go down. They're going to use a lot of what they already have. They're not going to use it all up. But that great pipeline they had to Australia is now done. Everything as far as China goes has gotten a lot more expensive. You know, they're mainly dealing with Russia now. And logistically, even though they border each other, it's not very easy to get things from point A to point B. You know, I think they're going to use a lot of what they already have, at least at first. You know, but here's the thing. We're never going to really know what's going on over there production-wise because, as everybody knows by now, and Forex traders, you knew this long, long ago. I discovered this probably back in 2010, 2011. I learned the hard way that all of the numbers coming out of China are completely fabricated. You know, there's no way to know if this is actually working. Like I said, things are different now than they were in the 2010s. You know, Australia is no longer their friend. The United States is no longer their friend. That's pretty big because that was where you were getting most of your inputs and exporting most of your outputs. You know, it's a different world right now. You know, how does all this factor into the end number? I don't know, but I just, I know now it's not like it was before. And I think a lot of your legacy investors still think it is like it was before which means a lot of these front-running numbers might be a bit over the top. So this could have been a bit of an overreaction. And we won't ever really know if it was or it wasn't because we can't trust anything coming out of that country. And I want to alert you to this as well. Numbers coming out of Western media outlets when it comes to things like travel and traffic and things like that going on in China... Be very careful here because they've already done this. They have said things like travel in China, air travel, is up 300% compared to this time last year. Okay, this time last year, everybody was locked down. Nobody could go anywhere. So what's 300% of almost nothing? It's almost nothing. Why are you putting numbers out like this? Why are you saying things like this? Who are you trying to manipulate? And to make matters worse, the number one thing really that makes me skeptical of this being one of the catalysts for the next bull market, which a lot of people think is coming in 2023, I don't, is Chairman Xi. He pretty much makes 100% of the decisions now. And can anybody name anyone who's been able to accurately predict what this man is going to do at any given time? It's impossible. You know, it never makes any logical sense. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yet a lot of investors on Wall Street are taking this A equals B approach, and that's just not how it works over there. You know, these lockdowns didn't work. Everybody's getting COVID now over there. Chairman Xi at any point in time could easily just simply change his mind and go back into lockdowns. You know, why is that option not on the table? For a man like Chairman Xi, it's absolutely possible. You know, supply chains got completely messed up over the last few years. And if you know anything about supply chains, they don't just recover overnight. 
it can take anywhere from five to 10 years to get it back to where it was. You know, they might look at the output and say, you know, this really isn't worth having X number of our citizens die from COVID. Maybe we need to lock down again. This could all be hypothetical, but it's plausible at the same time, I think. And what would something like that do to the markets? You know, I don't have a super hard line opinion on all of this, but I am not in the camp that a lot of people are in thinking, okay, this is all we need to get back on the road to recovery. So there was literally zero alpha in episode 86 of the 10 Minute Contrarian podcast. However, it is still something that we need to be aware of. It is still something we need to be paying attention to. Uh, But just take everything with a grain of salt along the way. You know, I know it's frustrating, but welcome to Contrarian Investing, where staying on top of things like this is going to drive you absolutely crazy, Uh, but it will all be worth it if you can still manage to be early.